The church is the table where the hungry come to get fed. Ready? I'll say it with you because that's too many words to put together in one sentence since we've been out of English for a while. Ready? The church is the table where the hungry come to get fed. The church is not the place where people come and call the shots. The church is not where uh, people go to get bored. The church is not where the tired go to catch up on their rest. Is that not fun? The church is the table where the hungry come to get fed. And if we are doing church, we finished our question series, but somebody asked, how is our church, how's the church today? Not just our church, but how's the church today like the church in the first century, which is, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, book of Acts, that tells you how the first church started. And some people were saying, how have, how does our church compare to the church back then and where have we gotten it wrong? And I hope to clear that up today. Even though this isn't part of the question series, I hope you understand when you leave how we've missed the mark from what God has described in the Bible. Now, Jesus said in John 6.35, I am the bread of life. Jesus is saying he is the ultimate carbohydrate. And the ultimate carbohydrate needs to be served in a way that's kind of interesting, wouldn't you say? I mean, if this really is God's Word, and I believe that it is, if the food in here will satisfy my soul and can change my life, how can we be so stupid as to mess this up and make it boring? you got to work to make life-changing carbohydrates boring. So we're going to try to do something about that today. Now, in, in a healthy ecosystem, in a healthy church, there are three chairs. And this is on your listening guide. I want to kind of describe these to you. And we're going to spend the rest of the time today talking about why we do church the way we do church. In a healthy church, there are three chairs. Chair number one, let's start over here. This is chair number one. This is mature believers. Mature believers. A third of a healthy church ought to have mature Christians in it. I'm talking about people who serve, that give money, they give of their time, they give of their talent, they give of themselves, not because the preacher asked them to, but because the God that they say they serve, the God who purchased their sin on the cross, the God who is no longer in the tomb but is raised from the dead, has asked them to serve, and they serve Him, not any one man or not any committee on committees. It's my favorite committee of all time, the committee on committees. Um, We don't even have committees here. But but that's what's happened in some churches I've been in. Committee on committees comes and asks you, would you serve here? Do you want to serve? No. <laughs> Are you talented to serve here? No. Will you serve? Yes. Okay, we put you in there. That's, that's not how it's supposed to work. We're talking about people who know God, they are serving God, and they're giving of their lives to God. That's mature believers. That's chair number one. Chair number two, these are baby Christians. This ought to be people who are fresh in their faith. Or it could be people who for so long didn't know what God's Word said. All of a sudden, God awakens them. Maybe they gave their life to Christ 25 years ago and they haven't grown. By the way, if you give your life to Christ 25 years ago you're not, and you don't do anything to grow spiritually, you're not a 25-year-old Christian. You're an infant who has refused to grow and you need to do something about that. If you had a baby that was still a baby after 25 years... Wouldn't you think something's wrong? None of y'all would. We're done. This is going. Um, there ought to be some some alarms going off if an infant 
remains an infant for 25 years. Had a lady one time tell me that, that she'd been a Christian longer than I'd been alive and I just needed to shut up and get out. This was her skating rink. And uh, anyway, long, long story. And I just stood there looking at this lady who said, I've been a Christian for 50 years. You need to get out. This was Christian youth night at the skating rink that she owned. You need to get out of here. And, and I looked at my teenager that was next to me and I said, let's just let's gather everybody up and go home because we're done. I don't care if she had been a Christian longer than I'd been alive. She was an idiot. Now, Christians are idiots. I, hang out with me for a couple of days and you'll, you'll get that. I'm an idiot. But, but at least you ought to mature and you shouldn't be the same person you were last year, let alone 50 years ago. So we're talking about baby Christians because here's what's, here's what we want to do here. We've set up this church to try to reach people who are far from God. We believe that as we feed them the bread of life, Jesus said he's the bread of life. As we feed them from God's word, we believe there's going to be a point where they step across the line of faith and they say, man, this makes too much sense. That dude up there isn't that smart. He can't know this much about life. He must be talking to somebody who does know about life. Wait, he's talking to the creator of life. I think I'll, I'll meet this creator myself. And they step across the line of faith and they become baby Christians. Now, in too many churches I've been in, that's where they leave them. Walk up the aisle, they're accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior. And they're going to be baptized. And we baptize them. And then you never hear or see of them again. And you're hoping they're going to be in heaven. So the third should be mature Christians. The third should be um, baby Christians. This other chair, this is lost people. And one of the things that always amazed me, churches I was in, pastor would spend 30 minutes talking to people who are already Christians and then sing... 97 stanzas of just as I am. And you're almost going to go get saved again just so somebody will walk the aisle and they'll cut off the invitation. I mean, you know, you start feeling guilty as a staff member. I'll get saved if we can go to lunch. And and why do we preach to all saved people and then expect somebody to give their life to Christ? And by saved, I mean you're a member of God's family. Around here we say we ask God to be the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our lives. And And... We don't have an invitation here at the end. We ask you to write on your card, and then we spend some time with you one-on-one talking about that. We spend some time in our classes, our one-on-one class, talking to you about what it means to really be a follower of Christ, what baptism means. That's not the end. That's the beginning of this incredible journey. So what we do is we ask these people and these people to go find these people and, and bring them to the church because the church is the table where the hungry get fed. And we believe if you'll do that, This will create this healthy ecosystem and we'll always have people giving their lives to Christ and moving into this chair. And we're going to talk more about this in a minute, but it is impossible to move from this chair, baby Christian, it is impossible to move from that chair to this chair, mature Christian, until you're fed on the bread of life and you get your fat spiritual butt out of the chair and you serve these people. Thank you. I know that's right, baby. There we go. Thank you. Eula, Eula was here last week. Dwayne still got some of that. And I was talking about Jeff last week, but Dwayne says amen too. And uh, some of y'all don't even know what that means. That's the only word you hear at the end of a prayer, you know, after a meal. It means so be it. And and uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute. But Jeff shows his roots. You know, he's he's old school. Um, old school. Dwayne, Dwayne's my age, man. Come on. Forty's up there. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway, we'll talk more about that in a minute. 
a healthy church is full of thirds because if the mature are doing what they're doing, they're pushing back from the table, they're serving these people and they're serving these people and you move from chair to chair and then you have this healthy ecosystem going on. Now, we put the majority of our time and energy and talents and resources into this service on, on uh, Sunday morning. You, you want to know why? Do the math. When do most people come to church if they're going to go? Any church you've ever seen, when do most people come? Christmas, okay, yeah. But I mean, if they're coming in the normal course, Christmas and Easter, yeah, and we'll, we're, we're going to try to go all out for Christmas this year. Um, but in the course of a week, when do people normally come? Sunday, okay. Now, in churches I've been in, Sunday morning was the varsity service. Sunday night was the JV service. Now hang with me. I, don't get offended. Don't kill the messenger. Sunday night, if you weren't good enough to sing or preach or pray or play an instrument on Sunday morning, how about Sunday night? Because fewer people are going to be there. I mean, they wouldn't say this. They wouldn't come up and say this. See, I'm sorry if I'm hurting your feelings, but this is true. And then if you stink, you get Wednesday night because that's like the freshman service. Okay, we don't even do Sunday night service because we don't want to be a JV service. We don't even do Wednesday nights except once a month for our leadership because we don't want the freshman service. We want to do everything we can on the weekends to create this environment where not only you get fed, but you find it safe to bring your friends who are lost and are bound for hell because you desperately want them to get the bread of life. We create this service every week where we have a celebration service. It's called a party. In, in the Bible, there was a, there was a tax collector named Levi. Levi, was a, uh, he, he was a tax collector for a living. When he became a Christian, he did the only thing he knew how to do. He threw a party, invited all of his non-Christian... Some of y'all are going, party, I know how to do that. Um, he invited all of his non-Christian friends, all of his tax collector friends to a party, but then he invited Jesus and Jesus' followers because he was hoping that maybe they would rub arms or rub shoulders with Jesus and they would get into a conversation with him and they would say, he's the bread of life what we do every weekend. We're going to put all of our energy into this service. And it doesn't take a mental giant to figure out that Sunday morning's when most people come, so we're going to put most of our energy there. But, but there are people who don't go to church, right? One time we did the math and we figured out there were about 5,500 seats if you added up all of the churches in Palestine. Are there 5,500 people out of 18,000 in Palestine going to church every Sunday? Probably not. And, and look what the Bible says about that in Hebrews 10.25. Some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. We should keep in, on encouraging one another. What we say is there is always room for somebody else here at New Life. And uh, we have the, the folding chairs back there. The, the other chairs that match these are on the way. Um, so we'll double our capacity before long. So keep inviting your friends and we'll have nicer chairs for them to sit in um, or just get here early. The pastor's job is to lead and to feed. That's what God calls us to do. And and Jesus said to Peter in John 21, 18, feed my sheep. And our goal is to have this well-fed church here at New Life. And how we do that is we look at a balanced diet for a whole year. We try to figure out what your needs are. And if you'll notice, every year we do a family 
type series. We do a marriage series. We do some type of financial series. And then we put other things in there that teach you about this incredible God that we serve. We offer a balanced diet because we believe as you eat, eat that balanced diet, as you push back from the table and you get over here and serve seekers, then you're going to start growing spiritually. If you're stuck spiritually, it's because either you are not a Christian, you're not in God's family, or you're not serving seekers. You know what a seeker is? A seeker is anybody who's not stepped across the line of faith. And we have got to serve seekers. So this Sunday is not about you. If you're a church member, it is not about you. The church, you are the church. This church isn't for you if you're a believer. You are the church. The church is for non-believers. Does that make sense? Let me uh, let me illustrate it this way. Drew, put up that first slide, please. When you see this, now, now I know some of you. It's like reverence. It reminds you of grandma. It reminds me of some of my family members who passed on that that prayed, thee and thou and verily, and it's, it's really kind of cool sounding. But if you've never heard that, you don't know what is that language. But tell me, tell me some words you think of when you just see that. Just the first impression. What? Thou, okay. So old English. What else? Come on. Dust. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's been around a while. It's Michelle's. Y'all can't read that. Not not that Michelle. But it does say Michelle on there. Do you ever think maybe well tell me what a non Christian would see that that right there. Not relevant. What else? What? Just another book. Somebody over here said something? Outdated, door stopper, too hard. There are, there are churches around, and I'm not going to say our city, because I, I, my, my purpose here today is not to, not to cast stones at anybody, but there are churches around that the image they project to people who are far from God are, is that same image you just said about this. It's old. They speak in a language I can't understand. Their music, they play some instrument I've never seen before. And, and by the way, where does the sound come from? Anyway, um, and some of the terms that people that go to, my parents go to a church like this, and, and when we go home, we visit that church, and we, we love the folks. But when when I've heard people describe their own church that go to a church like this, King James only. Which is great. I understand King James because I grew up on it. But most people that I talk to don't understand King James. Um, Bible believing King James only for the last 50 years. I saw an ad in the paper recently for a church that, that said, if you long for the 1950s style church, call this number. And uh, I, I actually said, no way. And not that I'm against the 1950s style church, but what year is it? right now 2008 how relevant are the issues from the 1950s in 2008 hello not very and if if a church projects this image in a non-christian's mind would that be would that would would what they think this church is doing would that be service like they think they've come through the doors they would get service or is this type of church a serve us Serve us. Next image. Student Bible. That's what I actually have up here. 
Student Bible, this is a great Bible, and, and I encourage some of y'all to get this Bible. If you, A lot of you call me and ask me what kind of Bible, what translation to get. has great articles in there, anger. Nobody has that to deal with. It talks about Judas Iscariot, the one that uh, betrayed Jesus. It has all habits, all kinds of little things in there. Now, if you were a teenager and you had a choice from that first Bible or this Bible and you were going to read, not, not saying that you're definitely going to, but if you just were going to happen to read, which Bible would you happen to read? Why? Easier to understand. And who's the target? Students. Okay, so they made some progress. So there are some churches around that have what is called a blended service. When I was, in, I was a church music major at Baylor, they taught us blended service. We had to come up with worship orders that they would consider blended. You talk about the most boring piece of trash I've ever had to do was come up with a blended service and turn that in so some dude who was still in the 50s type church could tell me whether I had accomplished the goal or not. I've never been rebellious. Never. And uh, and I'll give folks props, at least they're trying. But if you get somebody who's far from God and, and you say, come to this church because they only play two songs with the organ and then they have some picking and grinning that goes on to reach a different audience, are you going to think that's service or serve us? Serve us, okay. Next one. Now, believe it or not, that's a Bible. That's the New Testament. Um, who do you think the target audience is? Teenage girls. If you're a teenage girl, which Bible are you going to do? The first, the second, or the third? The third. All right, there's one more we got. Who is this target? Mature women, thank you. Eula's got so much wisdom. Y'all need to hang out with her. Mature women. Now, why, why, why do you say that? What up there possibly says to you that their target is women? Image. Looks like a, mag looks like a magazine. And let's look at some of these topics. Men, the inside scoop, that's right. What's your spiritual IQ? Beauty becomes her secrets to inner strength. I just can't figure many guys going to be reading that. Um, the must-haves for your wardrobe. I need to read that. What's must-haves for your wardrobe? Now, if if you were far from God and you thought that maybe there were some insights in the Bible that just maybe you would read, which one are you going to read? First, second, third, or fourth? Now, that came from a woman. Guys are like, I ain't saying nothing. There are guys like, there are, there's one called Refuel for teenage guys, and, you know, it's got this uh, uh, electric guitar on the front. It's rock and roll type deal. Now, here's the deal. The reason more people don't come to church is it because the church is known for service. Or in their minds, do they think the church is a serve us type church? That's not a trick question. Serve us. Do you want to go to a restaurant where your waiter says, get it yourself? No. You want to go someplace where you're served. And if we can create an atmosphere where people are served, and I'm all the time, I just talked to our leaders this week about this. If I'm talking to you and I see a guest walk in the door, I am cutting you off so I can go talk to the guest. Not because I don't love you, 
but because this is not about us. This is about that person who's never been here before. The reason I'm constantly getting on people to park, and if you go outside, you'll see my car is in the very last parking place over here. There will never be a parking place out there that says pastor and first lady. Because I, and, and before long, we're going to have to start shuttling. And my car is going to be the farthest one away, not because that's a pride issue, but because I am not ever going to ask you to do something that I won't do. But I think people who come up here who are scared whether they're going to come in, because this is not a skating rink anymore. And, and you forget what it's like if you've not been here. You've been here a bunch. You just come busting in. You see your friends and you greet them. And, and the first person, first time guest, you remember what it's like? We went to a church um, this summer, church of about 4,000. That's one service. They're now up to like 16 services in different locations. But we went there, and, and I remember I'm, I've been a minister for 25 years. I had to do the math. And I remember being just a little bit apprehensive as we were about to walk in the door. But as we got there, this lady comes out with a smile on her face and a tag that says greet her. And she says, hey, how are you all today? Are you all first time guests? Yes, we are. Okay, what ages are your kids? This is the age. Okay, you go right up there. This one goes here. This one goes here. If you go up to that, that table, that computer, there'll be somebody that'll check you in. Because you watch somebody that walks in the door back there and they don't have a stinking clue where to go. And if they have a horrible time and if everybody ignores them, why would they want to come back? They wouldn't. So our purpose is to build this service mentality where what we're known for is not the preaching, not the singing, not the building. We're known that if you go there, people will serve you. And there's opportunities to serve all over the place. They're at the back so that you can be in here without distraction. If, if you've ever been, um, if you've had a child, you have experienced a service mentality where these ladies will line up meals for two weeks. Sweetest thing in the world, man. Guys, that's I'm talking to you. Your wife is, is just had a baby. She doesn't need to be up cooking and serving you. You need to be serving her. But at this church, you'll have people showing up at your door with meals ready cooked. How cool is that? We've got to develop this idea that other people are more important than me because that's what Jesus did. Now, too many... Where's Ryan? Oh, Dwayne, Dwayne. Go back there and get one of those uh, children's chairs for me. Bring that up here. Too many people say that um, a healthy church is made up of mature Christians. That's bull. Uh, some, they don't know much about the Bible. A lot of people say, oh, well, a healthy church is made up of baby Christians. They don't know much about the Bible. A healthy church is made up of these thirds so that we can reach out to others. You don't ever move from here from here to here, from baby Christian to mature Christian, without serving these people. Somebody may have to go help Dwayne find that was right over there. Did you look out there? I need the high chair. I think he went to the children's area. He's actually bringing... This service just keeps getting better and better. Um... What a lot of people will say, what a lot of churches do, they get caught up in this, feed me, feed me, feed me. Not one of those. <laughs> they, they get caught up in this feed me mentality. And, and what they say is, I need more Bible study. I need, sorry, dude. I, I wasn't very, that was my fault. I do like your do-rag, though. 
I know. I st- Too many people say, I need more worship. I need more Bible study. Come on. What most people need is not more Bible study. Most people aren't, aren't obeying 50% of what they already know. If you really want to grow in Christ, start doing what you already know and quit complaining that you're not getting enough Bible study. Some people want to do a certain type of Bible study. K. Arthur, which is precepts. And man, you want to talk about one of the most intense things you can ever do? I know people that vomit when you say precept ministry because they, they just would never want to do that. Um, oh, what's Beth Moore. I've done, I've done several Beth Moore studies. I love them. But I know people that hate those because it's too much homework. I've done experiencing God. I've done all these different things. I've got way more knowledge than I do. So here's what people do. They'll claim to be over there in the mature believer thing. But really, they're sitting in the, in the high chair. This is really called the eye chair. Yeah, it's probably going to go, which would just be par for the service. Um, they're sitting in the eye chair. Feed me, feed me, feed me. I need more, I need more, I need more. And see, this is my chair. I'm, I'm supposed to be the dude with the food. The, the, the job of the pastor is to lead and to feed, so I'm supposed to feed you in the most creative way possible. And what these people want is they want the pastor to completely turn his back on all of these other chairs. Don't worry about people going to hell. Don't worry about baby Christians. Feed me. And they get so fat they can't even see their feet. But they're happy because the pastor is meeting my needs. We will make fun of you <laughs> if you are in the eye chair. We're just going to be real and tell you that you have a fat butt spiritually. And you need to get up and serve. And we're going we're gonna to love you as we make fun of you. But if you're in the eye chair, we will never, ever let you run the church. We will not let whiners run the church. Some, somebody help me out. I know I'm white, but help me out. Come on. Dang. We've been at church six years. And we're still saying amen. I know that's right, baby. Come on. All right. <laughs> Jason says, I don't feel comfortable. Wes calls me baby all the time. Oh, that was Ryan. Ryan, okay. Now, here's the deal. I've been in lots of churches where people in the eye chair were held up as spiritual giants. Can I tell you what a joke that is? We will never let whiners run the church. Now, I'm not talking about legitimate concerns that you may have. I'm not talking about good um, ideas. We take ideas from everywhere. Drew gives me ideas. Come on. We take ideas from everywhere. I'm sorry, Drew. I meet with Drew once a week. I'm giving Drew a hard time. Where we try to come up with ideas and videos, and hopefully we've got some videos next week. And it's hard. It is so hard to, to, to constantly be coming up with creative ways to serve the bread of life that we spend a lot of time doing it. And I think that's why a lot of churches don't, is because it's hard work. But we think you're worth it. And we're going to keep on doing it and keep on doing it as long as we have breath to try to feed people because we truly believe this matters. Church matters. And so we're going to keep on doing it. We're going to keep on challenging you to get out of this chair into this chair. And the only way you do that is to serve this chair. Get off your rear and serve. Now, 
If you've been fed from God's Word, maybe it's time for you to push away from the table and serve. Janie and I can't do it all, and neither should we. Um, and if we did, we'd have a church full of fat people, fat spiritual people, fat spiritual babies. And so we're just going to ask you to serve. You can serve in the kitchen. You can serve in greeting. You can serve in the children's area. And, and don't tell me, please, after this sermon, don't tell me that um, you need more teaching. Because teaching is not doing it. The way you learn and grow the most spiritually is to serve. Go back there and love on children. And and we have some men that have started doing it, and they're they're awkward. Kid come up and hug their leg. But you watch those children when they start learning the names of those men. Because we've got some folks that We've got some children that don't have men that love on them on a regular basis. And you can make a massive difference if you'll just, you don't even have to teach. Go in there and hug kids and get on the floor and let them pounce on you. And you, I'm serious. I sat down in there a couple of weeks ago. I just, one kid was pouting, so I sat down. Before I knew it, ten of them were dogpiling me. Ah! It was kind of fun. Go in there and just let kids see you loving on them, you'll make a difference that will last their whole life. Now, when we think about these chairs, what I do every week is I think about these chairs, mature believers, baby believers, and and lost. I'm talking skirt-chasing, cocaine-snorting, hell-bound people. We want them here. We want drug addicts. We want folks whose marriages are falling apart to come here. We want you. We got to keep working. Um, we think about those people because we believe that God's word will make a difference in their lives. And every week I pray that, that God will take something I say and, and he will empower it with his Holy Spirit to go to your heart. And if, and let me just tell you this, if God ever speaks to you through me, it has to be a God thing. Some people come in and say, man, you were just talking right to me. You, you knew what was going on in my life. And I said, no, I didn't. I didn't have a stinking clue. I just felt like this is what God wanted me to say. And if God takes that and applies it to your heart, that's proof there's a God. Because you've seen me and you know I'm a dork. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. Jesus said, His food was to do God's will. Your food. If you want to, besides just Bible study, we need to do Bible study. We need to pray. I'm not, I'm not discounting that at all. But if you really want to do the food, eat the food that Jesus did, then you'll serve other people and it will help you to grow. And when you, when you have people over to your house, do you ever think about the guests? You ever think about the guests? Some of you are like, no, I ain't coming to your house. We think about the guests because we want this to be all about them. And the way you hand out samples of the bread of life is the way you conduct your life outside these walls. <laughs> there was there was a time, one time, and, and this wasn't yesterday. I heard about the softball game yesterday. Um, this wasn't yesterday. I, I didn't say anything. It's just a game. Um 
there was a time, and this lady, this lady did not come to our church. This is, this is the disqualifier. Um, she didn't come to our church, but she was seen at a game. This was actually several years ago. Cussing a blue streak. I mean, cussing a blue streak. Cussing her child and her husband. Anybody that walked. And somehow, in, after the game, she was in a conversation with another lady. And, and they said, do you go to church? Where? Yeah, I go to New Life Community Church. Okay. You are welcome to come. If that's you, but don't tell anybody that you're a regular attender here. Be a stealth attender until God works out all of those issues in your life. And then when this miracle happens, you wear the T-shirt. New Life Community Church, okay? Is that a deal? It's hard enough reaching people without putting a big fat stumbling block in their way. The really cool thing is that as you serve, as you serve others, you move from this chair to this chair without even knowing it. That's the cool thing. The reason Janie doesn't come in here is she would rather serve than listen to her husband and talk. Now, I mean, really, she she is so passionate about this church that she would give every Sunday if she had to if she knew that meant the difference between us reaching another person for Christ or not. And some of us have been around since the beginning, and it was hard. And, and some of you that are sitting here in this room, um, we're in this beautiful building, in this beautiful room, because people sacrificed. And, you know, we're, I'm just going to tell you ahead of time that we're going into a whole financial series. And quite honestly, um, some of you need to step up to the plate financially. Now, if you're a guest, we never ask for your money. But some of you are kind of like spiritual leeches. You've been fed a lot but you've not been participating financially in the church. And the reason that, that we um, give sacrificially is because we want these people to come and never have to give a dime. And if we're going to grow and we're going to reach more people and we're going to add staff members, we're going to have to have some people step up to the plate. I don't know if you've ever been um, out to eat with family members who always mooch off of you. They never seem to have money. And, and uh, that gets old, doesn't it? Don't be a spiritual moocher. You can't talk. And, and we're not asking you to, to keep food off of the table. We're just asking you to do what God tells you to do. The last thing that we want to do is become a me church. The reason that a lot of people in this chair, they think they're mature believers, I, I skipped over that verse, Drew. Um, 1 Corinthians 8, 1. You got that? Knowledge does what? Puffs up. You ever seen somebody's puffed up? You did yesterday, didn't you? Sorry, man. <laughs> um, people that think they're mature, that have been the same for 50 years, they've been sitting in this chair, really. Feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. And they, they begin to think that they're superior to people who don't come to church. They think they're superior to people who don't commit the seven deadly sins, unless you're in another denomination that's added a couple more than there's nine, I think. But, um, they start to look down on people that are far from God. And people who are far from God would never, ever listen to what they have to say about God. Knowledge puffs up a person with pride. 
but love builds up. Janie can tell you that when when I choose to serve her, because I'm a selfish dude, when I choose to serve her, it, it fans into flame her love for me. So if I had a stinking clue, I would serve all the time. And when you begin to serve others, especially people you're not related to, you don't have that wedding band on that you know, says you're, you're stuck. When you serve people to whom you're not stuck through relationship, they say, why are you doing that? And the lady, you know, we say, I know that's right, baby, where that came from. Last year we did a service where we said, don't go to church, be the church. We just canceled Sunday morning service. We went to Walmart. We handed out free food for three hours. And we're just walking around handing out free food and people think we're weird, you know, and we are, but that's not the point. Um, we're handing out this food and they're like, what the, what's the catch? And this lady, I went down and I fed, she had a Suburban. I don't know, there were like 25 people in there. And I'm just handing hot dogs in there. And she gets out and she goes, what are you doing? I said, well, we're handing out free food. Why? And I said, because we love Jesus. And we want everyone else to know that Jesus loves them. Her face lit up. She goes, I know that's right, baby. (laughs) And she gave me this big old hug right there on the sidewalk of Walmart. Because we gave her a free hot dog. If we will hand out samples of the bread of life, it will make a difference. My prayer is that you'll start doing that today.